Welcome to Know His Love Stories, where we listen to the voice of the Father through His children. Today's story comes to us from Liv Harrison. Liv has done so many extraordinary things in her life, including creating and launching the Genius Catholic Women's Conference, acting as a co-host on the Forte Catholic Podcast, Discerning Marriage Podcast, her own interview storytelling podcast titled Talk to Me with Liv Harrison. Liv has also been a guest and co-host on SiriusXM and various other podcasts. In the summer of 2021, Liv launched It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison, a late-night show that is produced for video, audio, and radio, and in partnership with the Veritas Catholic Network in Connecticut and New York. Liv is married to the love of her life and high school sweetheart, and she is the mother of two fantastic humans. This is a Know His Love story. Um, So the time in my life that I didn't know that God loves me or you know, I wasn't aware in the way that I should be, would be now. It is not something that I have overcome. Actually, it's one of the biggest hurdles and crosses that I carry. And it always has been part of my story is I was morbidly obese the majority of my life. I started becoming morbidly obese when I was seven. And the first time my parents brought me to Weight Watchers, I was eight years old. I was the only child there. Everybody was an adult. By the time I was 21, I was very sick with type two diabetes. I actually found out because I had an, I had an abscess on my back. I was in school at, at my university and they had to do an emergency surgery because it was a staph infection and the staph not only was on the back, like in my back, but it had tunneled and made another part in my back and it was about to hit my bloodstream. So it was so horrible. My sugar was so out of control. I didn't know I was diabetic, but I was like, I think already in the three hundreds at that point, as far as weight wise. And that's when I found out. And so I had to start doing insulin. And so I got up to about 35 shots of insulin a day that I would have to give myself in my stomach. And my highest recorded medical weight was 458 pounds. I was morbidly obese pretty much my whole life until my maybe my, no, until my forties, actually, I just got out of the level of, I went from morbidly obese to just obese. And then right now I'm currently overweight. (laughs) So it's this process. What comes with that is when you have an external issue like weight. Okay. I would walk into a room and I say this all the time. When you're morbidly obese, you walk into the room and you're already at a disadvantage because everybody knows something really dark about you or a vulnerable thing about you. And the guy next to you could be an alcoholic. You know, the woman next to you, you could be addicted to porn, but you don't know that, right? You have no idea, but you walk in and, and everybody knows something. And so, and I was constantly in my brain all the time. Can I fit there? Can I walk there? Can I sit on that? Can I, you know, can I squeeze there? I have to tell everybody, I'm sorry, I can't get in that booth. Can we get a table? Like it was so much a part of my tape in my brain 24 seven. And what I didn't realize, because now I'm in the process, it took me 15 years to lose 300 pounds. And now I'm having skin removal surgery. What I didn't understand was that was my safety suit. I had protected myself with this barrier, if you will, right. With this boundary, this physical boundary. And once that was defeated, or I shouldn't say defeated, but, you know, changed in the way that I've changed it. And still, I'm still working on it. It left me realizing, well, there's a lot of brokenness inside. There's a lot of wounding inside. So I'm currently literally working on building an internal structure that I've never had in my life. 
So I'm 43 years old. And even though I should be able, especially as a speaker and a writer and a MC and a, I put on and I do all these things and I'm really fantastic at understanding God's love. I love at a capacity that like, isn't human. It's definitely one of my gifts. And everyone's like, I don't even know you. And I'm like, but you're, you know, you're the best grocery sacker ever. Do you want to come over for Thanksgiving? Like I love everyone. And I really have a childlike faith. It's all, these are very genuine gifts and joy. And I know that those were all graces given to me because of the crosses I've bared that are very different than most people's crosses. So I would have to say I'm in the process. I'm in the process of discovering that I am also a soul that is worthy of God's love. How I constantly tell other people that they are, I'm really good at it. I get it in my brain about other people. And then one day after, I guess, I guess when I kind of lost the majority of the weight, it was probably 2019, to be honest, it was probably right around there. Cause this is 2021 that we're recording this. I realized, you know, Liv, you're one of those souls too. And all the things you say on stage is not only because you understand it, but because you crave it, because that's what you desire. I desire to be loved and seen like anybody else. And especially as a woman coming at the world, morbidly obese, that's not your experience. You know what I mean? With the rest of the world, that's not how they encounter you. So I would have to say that I am in the process of understanding that and actually learning that for the first time internally. So I've never had a problem. My, <laughs> my problem is not pride. If anything, that's what I need. I need to like, like, I don't have, like, I have self-esteem issues. I have self-worth issues. I suffer greatly with anxiety and depression. And I speak very openly about it um, on my platforms because it's something that isn't always talked about, especially in the Catholic sphere. Like, Oh, you just must not love Jesus. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not how that works. Just like if I broke my leg, people wouldn't be like, well, she hates Mary. You know, like that's, that's not how, that's not what we believe guys, you know? Um, so I'm very open about mental health. I understand like the concept that, that God loves me. It's, it's more of that. It's a worth problem for me. And when people say things like Jesus would have crucified himself, even if you were the only one on the planet, like that's a hard sell for me believing in Jesus. Yes. All day long. Like I totally get it. I'm like in experiencing God isn't hard for me and understanding his whole, the whole love and all that. It's just, I have seemed to erase myself from the equation. I don't know if anybody here has seen the movie, um, I'm a big movie person. If you've seen um, Back to the Future, in that movie, he holds a photograph of him and his siblings. And one by one, the siblings get erased in the photograph. And I feel like I'm in the photograph. I'm just erased. So I, I understand and I experience God all the time. I really connect with the Holy Spirit. Like he's my boy. Like he is like I... I get him on a level, I think, because I'm such a feeler, such an, such a, an empath, like I'm such an emotional person and I'm just bigger than like my, like everything about me is extra, everything good and bad. And so I think he's big enough to take me on. Not like the other two can't guys. Also, by the way, we all believe in the Trinity. I know it's one God, nobody write father and say, we're sure she's Catholic. Um, no, I get it. But so I experience God and his love through, I would say, I'm going to say the word again, experiences. 
I definitely, you know, I've been very drawn to retreat ministry and, you know, being on stage and having these whatever and people, I mean, people are my favorite thing in the world. And so I think that's really how I have come to understand God loving and, and all those things. But I just, there's a disconnect. There really is like this disconnect between my head and my heart that no, I'm one of them too. I'm in that photograph and I'm not, I'm not invisible. Yeah. It was actually recent. It was in 2019. That was a big year for me. And I have a women's conference that I've put on twice in Texas. Um, and, uh, never wanted to do women's ministry. I was like, when I was asked to write this women's conference, I was like, that's a hard no. I was like, women's ministry is the worst. I'm like, if somebody tells me I'm the daughter of a King one more time, I'm going to scream. I was like, there's nothing else you guys have to tell us. Or if they tell me Jesus is my best friend and I should journal to him throughout this entire retreat, I'm going to run through glass. Like, please go someplace else. You know what I mean? Like I get it. We've heard those messages, but there's gotta be more for women. You know, this can't be, that's it. You're the daughter of a King and he's your best friend journal about it. Like there's more to our church than that. Right. And into the feminine genius. So when I was asked, I was like, I'm not writing anything for you. <laughs> no, because it's the worst. And they were like, well, why don't you write your own? Like you can write what you would want. And I was like, okay. So like Friday night we had a baby goat and we had, um, cash bars in the corners. And instead of emceeing, like I normally do conferences, I had couches on the stage and I'd bring up the, my speakers and we'd sit and talk like girlfriends. And it was very real, you know, and very human. And, and very reverent, you know, we had mass father Jared was there and uh, well, anyway, he was there for the last one and father Jared, if anybody's following, um, look, it's father cook on Instagram. Um, it was an incredible experience. This is when I felt God it's the Saturday. So the first time I did this retreat or this conference was may of 2019. So it had the, it had the, like the content of a conference, but I had the feel of a retreat. It was kind of like a hybrid and no one has ever done anything like it before. Jen Fulweiler came in and did comedy for me on Saturday night. We had a big dance with the DJ. It was a blast. And then we had like these really intense, amazing speakers that pushed the women, not to just be the daughter of a king, but to really go into the beauty of this church and into the beauty of their feminine genius, you know, which is why I named it genius. Um, and so it's Saturday night. Mary Lindenberg is my keynote speaker. If anybody knows Mary Lindenberg, her story is, I already have goosebumps. Her story is ridiculous. Like she's su such a beast. Like, oh, we are so blessed as, as a church to have her and her voice and her story and her testimony. And she's on the stage. I kind of, I sit down, I look around, there's 150 women from all over the country. The set looks amazing. It's so awesome. It's so different. It's exactly what I wanted for these women. It's happening. I'm in the middle of this event happening. So if you've ever had any event you've put on, even if it's your birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese and all of it's happening correctly, the cake has the right name and, you know, and the pizza has the right toppings. You're like, this is a win. You know, it's like one of those moments. And I'm not kidding. This is the truth. This is absolutely the truth. I felt God for the first time in my life, I could hear him. And by hear him, I nobody freak out and write father that I'm hearing voices and like, don't need an exorcism, everybody. It's okay. Well, I probably do, but not for this. Um, but, um, you can hear, like, I heard him in my, it was so clear. It was so clear. My heart absolutely recognized this is the voice of God speaking. 
And he's telling you something very like it, I, it was just so clear. And this is what, this is what I heard live your entire life. You have been a connector and a networker for other people, but this is the first time you've ever done it for me. And it was so profound because I am, I am a people's, I am such a people person. <laughs> like I tell everybody I'm an extroverted extrovert. I make extroverts tired. Like they're like, and I need a nap. Introverts are like, and I need a drink. Like, it's, you know, it's like, I'm a lot. And this is me talking after a 10 hour surgery that was only weeks ago. Like I just have this crazy amount of energy and joy that my mom said I was born with a smile on my face. So, um, blame God. But anyway, I felt very seen by him. If that makes sense. It was, it was very multi-layered that message because for God, the creator of the universe to take time to say, and like I shared earlier, I see you, which is what I've always wanted to, to know, right. And get this external validation for him to say it to me during this moment. And, and to also, here's where the love part comes in. He made it so clear to me. This is why you are so extra. This is why you have those gifts that you thought were supposed to be for Saturday night live, but they're actually supposed to be, you're a gateway drug. He didn't say this. This is, this is me interpreting God, which is why I wasn't, I'll never be asked to go to a symposium. Um, you're a human gateway drug. You can hook people in. You can connect. You are a networker. You have this energy. You get this passion. And guess what? It's going to lead people into the kingdom. Like I'm the first, I'm the first guy in the relay race with the baton. You know what I mean? I'll never be Michael Phelps. I'm not, I'm not Scott Hahn. No one's gonna, you know, like come to me for theology. I know I understand it, but I'm not the guy. I'm not gonna get a call from Augustine Institute to come and be a professor. Like that's not happening. But I can get people to be excited and jazz and, and pumped. That was an act of love. Does that make sense? Because he revealed to me, this is why you're here. This is why you matter. And yes, you do have a place in my, in my mission to get souls to my kingdom. And this is, this is what you do and you do it well for me to sit here and say that you have no idea how much therapy that took to be able to claim I'm really great at this. And, and my God loves me so much. He told me that is how I felt that act of love. The fact that you were even considered, and this is what I tell my listeners all the time. You have to understand. It's not like God was just sitting around with Moses one day and they were like, you know, apparently I, again, this is why I'll never be asked to talk ever for the church, the Vatican should be sending me a letter any moment now and say, so we'd actually like you to stop talking because you just say just the worst. Cause I like to think of God just sitting around with like clay and Plato, which we don't actually believe this everybody. And he's just rolling up stuff and he's making souls and he just, you know, shoots them down a tube. And he's like, that's going to be Leslie in Detroit. And <laughs> this is going to be, you know, Joseph in Zimbabwe. Okay. Also not what we believe. No one believes this. Okay. I'm just, it's not, I'm just pretending. It's not like he just had some leftover Play-Doh clay souls, you know, soul clay and looks at Moses and says, well, I mean, I guess we could just make one more, you know, <laughs> like our God is an intentional God. Okay. He doesn't do anything without intention. We like to make him so human all the time. And he's not, 
when he created us, it was because he wanted to, not because he needed to, not because he was bored on a Thursday, not because he had leftover soul clay, because he literally was sitting there going, Olivia is just as important to this story of creation as the planet Venus. <laughs> like, you know, he created not just earth, everybody, like literally we believe in, he's the creator of the universe. Have you thought about the universe? Do you even have a clue what that means? So the fact that he would sit and decide how many turtles we were going to have or how many daisies we're going to grow. And then he was like, and we all need Liv Harrison. <laughs> That's pretty profound. You know what I mean? He created everything. So yeah, to sit here and be like, I was not chosen to be a turtle or a fruit fly or Venus. He literally sat and said, I'm going to make an eternal soul. We're going to call it Liv Harrison. I'm going to stop her from speaking in 2021 after Father Matthew <laughs> records with her. It's all in his plan. Um, that's what it is. It's your birthright. Just for the very fact that he thought of you. And then allowed your existence to occur in whatever capacity for however long it is, whatever the journey is, that's it. That's what it means because he is king really isn't a big enough word. Let's be honest. It's kind of a wimpy word. I mean, like, you know, in England, when we, when they get a king, that doesn't even mean anything. Like they don't have any power. You know, that's not even a thing anymore. I love the word creator. He's the design guy. He's like the, you know, Elon Musk of <laughs> he's the Jeff Bezos of the universe. You guys like, have you heard of Amazon? Like, look at that thing. He made up Jeff Bezos. <laughs> God made up Amazon. That's what I want everybody to get out of this podcast. He's a big deal. And just saying that you're, you know, you're through your baptism connects you. Like it's bigger than that. I mean, the best way we can, we try and God is so gracious to us. He gives us the sacraments. That's for our benefit. You know what I mean? It's not for him to remember. Oh yeah. That live person. Good thing. They put water on her. Mm -hmm. Now I remember her. You know what I mean? Like, nope, that's for us. And that's for our benefit. And the sacraments are a grace and a blessing. And yeah. So I, I think of it as yeah, he, yes, I am a daughter, but that means way more, way more than that. It, to me, it means I was intentionally made to be an eternal soul. That's what that is. Maybe that's why maybe, maybe daughter of the King just doesn't quite capture the, I'm a little big, as you can tell. I'm like, no, come on guys. We can go bigger than that. You know what I mean? I'm not princess Diana. Like, let's get there. I'm not a Disney movie. Make it bigger than that. Does that make sense? I think that might be, we just solved it. We now know why I have such a beef with it. Cause I don't think it really captures the wonder and awe of what we're trying to capture about this eternal being. This is going to sound really cliche um, and really lame, but I mean this with all sincerity. My husband, Nathan, has been the absolute only human being, and I mean when I say only, on this planet that has ever shown me unconditional love and the true, I've never encountered someone who literally just, just drips 
the, the actual definition of goodness. He is so good. He's not perfect. He's a human and he's a man, but he, I've never met someone as ethical. I've never encountered anyone who truly embodies what they say they embody. Nathan is the most, not just incredible man. I mean, person I've ever met. And so time and time again, he has shown me because I have fought so hard not to accept his love, not to be worthy of his love, to push him away. All the things that I've done because I have my wounding because of my, um, lack of internal structure, my scars inside, I have pushed that man away in ways that I think at some point God will ask me to share with the rest of the world. And I've told him many times when you're ready, let me know, but that's up to you. And Nathan is a constant, I'm not going anywhere. And I already forgave you. And I unconditionally love you. And I mean, things that no one should ever have to say to another person. And Nathan's like, you're not scaring me, Liv. I'm not going anywhere. We met at 15. We became best friends at 16. We started dating at 17, got married at 22. So we have been married 21 years and together 26 as boyfriend, girlfriend. And he literally, it's like I, God knew because he knew I'm going to have to have someone in her face for the rest of her life every day, reminding her you are loved. You are unconditionally loved. You're worthy of love. Keep trying, keep pushing away, keep doing all the things. Cause I'm not going anywhere. And you're going to see it manifest in the sacramental marriage that I am blessing you with, which is through your spouse, Nathan. I would say that first of all, the devil, his two favorite things are fear and shame. Those are his two favorite weapons. I'm convinced. And he works in really sly ways now because it's 2021. So he's absolutely able to in ways that we can't even imagine. I talk about all the time, how he has done such an, a wonderful job of making the extraordinary ordinary. So everybody tries to go for really basic things. People live, they settle, they're very mediocre. They just, whatever, for example, everybody's heard of Hobby Lobby. Well, I don't know if you live somewhere with Hobby Lobby, we have Hobby Lobby everywhere. And it's like Chick-fil-A, right? They're not open on Sundays. That's what everybody knows about Hobby Lobby. Here's my beef with Hobby Lobby. Okay. And I love them by the way, but listen, listen to what what I'm going to say. You can walk in there and the second you walk in, there's going to be faith, hope, and love written on everything embroidered on pillows, on a coffee mug, you know, canvases. And you see all these, you know, suburban moms and Hobby Lobby every day, you know, in their yoga pants, buying something else that says faith, hope, love, you know, and it's on like a notepad and you're like, and you're like, wow, I'm a really good Christian. I really love Jesus. Cause I just bought this faith, hope, love pen, you know, or whatever. And I sit here and I think, look how brilliant he is. Those are the carnal virtues. And he has watered it down to stationary. So we think, oh, we're just like, so whatever. We are at a place in society where the things that are really extraordinary seem really ordinary. If you're a person that thinks there's nothing special about me, I'm not unique. I wasn't made with intention. I was whenever the devil's winning. 
he's doing a great job. He has put you in fear and he has shamed you to believe that those things are true. That faith, hope, and love is just really fun things to put on items for suburban moms to buy, to put in their house. He has made the ordinary, I mean, you know, like he's made the extraordinary ordinary. So that's why I constantly talk about people giving themselves permission to be extraordinary. And they misunderstand what extraordinary means. People think extraordinary means big or loud because I'm big and loud. And I'm like, that's not what it means. Read St. Therese of Lisieux. Her free state is October 1st. And talk about someone who understood the concept, right? That extraordinary doesn't mean big. It means more than ordinary. That's it. So if more than ordinary for you is X, Y, Z, that's what it is. It doesn't mean ordinary. Like I'm not Beyonce. Beyonce is extraordinary, <laughs> like in dancing. Okay. Like she's an extraordinary dancer. I am not, you know, that's not what that means. So that it's not comparison. We get lost in comparison. We get lost in our, in our extraordinariness. You are extraordinary because God deemed it. So if we believe in God, if you can sit here and tell me, no, I believe in God live. Okay. Well, if you believe in God, then you believe he's extraordinary. If you believe you remain in his image and likeness, you are extraordinary. You have an eternal soul period. Therefore you are worthy of his love. The word love is so saturated. I can sit here and be like, you guys, I love Chick-fil-A and I love my husband. Well, that's weird. Do you love Chick-fil-A more than your husband? Uh, no, I mean, it depends. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's become such a basic word. Again, the devil's so smart. We don't understand what the word means. We don't understand the gravity of that word because we have applied it to things that don't deserve it. We haven't reserved the, the sacredness that God has placed on this planet for us. So of course we're walking around filled with doubt, filled with a loss of hope, filled with a loss of self-worth, filled with a loss of self-love because this amazing planet and gift of life that we have, we are living in a time that is broken. It is a broken time with broken people. And so the things that, that are really strong and worth our time of understanding, we don't, which is why the Holy spirit, it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't like God, the father, Jesus, and the Holy spirit did rock, paper, scissors. Who's the guy that gets to go down and get crucified. Jesus is like, dang it. I always lose. Like, that's not how this happened. Everybody. It wasn't like, they're like, okay, rock, paper, scissors. All right, spirit. You're going to be the guy that's left over. And he, you're going to stick around after the other guy leaves. That's not how this works. Okay. The Holy spirit is here now and was left with intention. If you don't know what the gifts of the spirit are, you need to get to know them. Okay. And, and he has the gift of wisdom for you, the gift of knowledge for, for you, the gift of right judgment for you, like spend time with him. Why was he left here? Don't feel abandoned by God. Don't feel like, well, those guys really knew Jesus. They got to hang out with him and fish with him. So they really understood Jesus. They really got to hang out with God guys. He's here. He told us I'm leaving the spirit behind the Holy spirit will be with you. He's here now invoke him. So if you don't understand your worth, your, your, the level of love that God has for you, just because you exist, call on the spirit. That is who you go to. You ask him, show me that I am loved by God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, by the Trinity, whatever you want to say, I don't care what you say, ask him to show you what real love is, 
not what American love is, which we would say about French fries, what true love, spiritual love, worthy love of God, what that is and what that looks like. And I don't think a better person to show you is the Holy Spirit, which is why they left the guy. They, hey, listen, they voted. It's a joke, everybody. They didn't vote. <laughs> it's not, see, Father Matthew's sweating. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have so many emails from people. <laughs> That's what I would say. I would say, take it to prayer and ask him to show you. He's the only one that can answer for you, period. Thank you for listening to Live Story. I would love to share your story as well. Please connect with us on social media or by clicking on the join us link at knowhis.love.